0: Be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode, or you can join us live on Twitter Spaces, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. Every morning, and become part of the conversation yourself. Thank you again. We look forward to giving you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast.
1: Been
2: been. in a
3: bull market since aught nine. Prove me wrong.
4: Yep, that first cup of coffee definitely needed on a Monday morning.
0: Jeff Ross, explain to us what the hell is happening with the price. Oh, by the way, I saw this really funny tweet today. Uh, The dude was like, nuke it lower. All shit coins must
5: die. (laughs) What's up, Alex? What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing great. Um, I mean, it's just, it just is what it is, right? This is, uh, we're in the ugly patch that we've been talking about for the last couple of months. It's, it's really, really ugly out there uh, from a macro perspective. And so the risk on assets hate that. Um, people still don't understand Bitcoin, the majority of market participants, so they're still treating it like it's a small tech stock. Uh, which is not, obviously, which we all know. It's the world's ultimate safe haven asset. So that's where people should be fleeing to. But instead, they flee to the U.S. dollar. So we're seeing just massive strength in the dollar right now against all other fiat currencies. Um, that's been the place to, to be, just kind of hiding in cash or shorting. Um, I think it continues. The markets are basically going to force the Fed's hand. All of these rate, uh, rate raises that they've been talking about um, have had the effect of freaking out the market. And uh, liquidity has is been drying up. Uh, inflation will take care of itself. I think we're, I, you know, I don't know what the April numbers will be. I think it will be somewhere right around uh, what the March number was of 8.5 percent. Um, but I do continue to believe we're going to disinflate from here. So it's going to start heading lower. Uh, that's going to provide some relief for the Fed. I think they're going to be able to pivot dovish at some point, although I still think we're a ways out. I still think the markets have further to fall. Um, I still hold my range for Bitcoin. I think we could hit 25K. uh, I said like 25K plus or minus 10%. That's where I'm, that's my backup, the truck number as, as, uh, as you know. So that's, that's where I start, you know, looking around at what we can sell. Um, and if you r- if you run out of chairs and house fans and carpet to sell, that's when you start thinking about body parts like kidneys and whatnot. Um, that's a joke by the way. Um, but, uh, y- but that's, that is when you get serious about buying it, right? My lot, my, my end of the year price target for, um, Bitcoin end of this year is still right around 50,000. I said $50,000 and one cent. All right. And, uh. <clears throat> and plus or minus like 10% on that. And then, um, end of the year for next year. So like 20 months away, end of the year, 2023, I have a hundred thousand dollar price target. That's like a base price target. I mean, even if that's it, we're at what right now? 33,000. So that's a 200% gain in 20 months, conservatively speaking. So I, I think if, if, you should not only should you not be selling right now, if you're a dollar cost averager, which I think ninety-nine percent of people should be and shouldn't be trading Bitcoin, you should be ramping up your dollar cost averaging right now. So if you can, I I, and I and I feel you if you can't, I'm I'm very cash poor personally right now, right? I quit my doctor job. Uh and so um but I'm ramping up I've doubled my dollar cost averaging because I know that these prices are not going to last long. Even if they do go lower in the short term, uh I I have just uh, you know the utmost confidence that they're gonna be much higher two, three, five, ten years from now. So I'm buying as much as I can.
4: Well, someone even mentioned to me that uh, the mayor multiple is extremely high right now. Like it's uh, 85% higher than what it's right now. So yeah, it's just stacking, you know, might go down a little lower, but uh, um, I didn't know if anyone had any news on the Luna stuff. Uh, I heard there's a lot of sell-off going on because they're trying to keep this stable coin. That was pretty funny. I don't know if anyone had any comments on that.
1: Corey called it.
6: Yeah. yeah Tor- Corey. Corey was on Coindesk TV this morning talking about it. There's um maybe I'll share a link in the nest for people who want to watch his, his take on it because and I've got a link here somewhere, so hold on. Somebody want to summarize it. Basically his his take is the thing's always been a Ponzi. Uh there's I, I'm I'm not that expert in it, so I may not get it perfectly right, but he's saying you know the, the insiders minted a whole bunch of these uh Terra Luna tokens for themselves and they sold those into the market and were are supposed to sell more of them into the market to to back the stable coin, the USD stable coin that was attached to it. Uh, and they've been and when there was a surplus, they've been using it that money to buy Bitcoin for themselves. But now that the peg has been lost instead of selling more of these Stero Luna units, which could cause a death spiral, because the more they sell, the more the price goes down. The less the less Terra luna the less u s t it backs up, so the more they need to sell and so forth. so to avoid the best spiral, they're now selling some of the assets that they bought, which was bitcoin basically so the whole thing is you know they've made up a token out of thin air and they sold it for something, and now they wanna maintain its value somehow um but but it is like all of these other algorithmic stable coins. There's nothing There's nothing grounded in reality behind it. So, you know, an algorithm that multiplies one thing by zero and subtracts another thing that's worth zero is fundamentally, at the end of the day, not really sustainable and not backed by anything. What because that add, adds up to zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. You create something that's worthless and you multiply it by a billion, it's still zero and you're trying to trick people into thinking that it's something because you say it's linked to some algorithm that somehow maintains a peg. To the U.S. dollar, which is, which isn't the same nothing as this first thing. and, it, and it's a real mess. I see someone's already posted it to the nest. So, um, yeah. And Tom, one other, Comer's
3: being really nice. Don't shit coin. <laughs> it's bad for you. One other,
7: just quick thing, just to show how messed up they are, and you know how much trouble they're in. That Luna Foundation Guard or whatever, they had to loan 1.5 billion in Bitcoin from their stash just to keep the try to keep the peg um you know where it needs to be
4: yeah just keep in mind i mean they're just kind of like a noob and they (laughs) bought bitcoin at 45 and now they're selling at you know low 30s i mean come on like really
1: (laughs) yeah but they they had no right to have their hands on any of that bitcoin to begin with because the whole thing's a, a, a scam oh yeah hey
4: sell your bitcoin i'd Yes, thank God. Should, well, you know, this
7: is the exact same thing that makes me like curious why governments basically don't buy Bitcoin by the truckload because they have the same capability; they can print money out of thin air. But right. they, they can don't print
0: money by Bitcoin. This, it's this, weird. Somebody is gonna sooner or later. One of these central banks is gonna catch on. It, w- it was interesting to me. You know, it reminds me of is there was a time. It was around. I think it was after the GFC 2008, where the Swiss National Bank started printing and buying United States equities. And, and I can remember the whole market having a complete meltdown over that. Like, oh my gosh, this central bank is printing money and buying equities in the US markets. And it's like, ah, everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. And then, you know, it's almost like, yeah, whatever, me. Nobody even talks about it anymore. It's like a, you know, I think that that's going to happen in Bitcoin sooner or later. If it's not happening already, they they're not going to tell anybody they're doing it.
1: Yeah, they'll, they'll set up shit. It, it, it's not going to be the you know the, the United States gov- government handing over cash of Bitcoin. They'll, they'll they'll do it in in a in a stealth roundabout way. But I, I, I would be very I'd be very surprised if that shit hasn't been going on already. I'd if do it. I not to. If I could print
7: money, I would definitely be buying Bitcoin with it.
6: Well, if it is going on, it can only go on by stuff because you can't you can't imagine one of the G seven nations publicly announcing that they were adding Bitcoin to their balance sheet using their infinitely printable money. It would be the the amount of chaos that it, yeah. <laughs> that it would create yeah. amongst the, the other G seven nations. Uh, yeah. So it has to be covert if it's happening though. It would have yeah,
0: been that'd be like if you're that would be like if you're on the Titanic, right? And it's like dinner time and everybody's in the ballroom and it's awesome. And like you're hanging out on the on the deck and all of a sudden the captain and his first mate comes racing down the gangway from from the bridge and he's hurriedly like getting the preparing the lifeboat and everybody's like, hey Cap, how's it going? He's like, oh it's fine. Yeah, it's everything's wonderful, guys.
6: Well that's kind of like what the Federal Reserve did with the insider holdings of stocks, right? It's like you we know, we're flying the plane, don't worry, we'll we're in for a soft landing. Oh, by the way, we jumped out with our of the stock markets with our parachutes uh in uh February. <laughs> Good
2: luck <laughs> it's to the rest so of you guys. Right?
0: It's like one of those movie memes where you see the flight crew come walking by with their with their uh Parachutes on, and then here come the stewardesses with the parachute on. <laughs> oh boy, softish landing
8: ahead, but maybe. Funny stuff. Well, I smash bought this morning. Yay! Me too. You too? Yes, I bought it twice. It's a small amount. So the, the way I do it myself, I'm not great at timing this stuff. I'm always waiting for a cheaper price. So I just, I've just i learned to just buy small amounts. I DCA bigger amounts, and then I buy small amounts just because I like sales. And I'm not great at timing. I'm always waiting for it to go lower than it does. So I just buy all the time now.
3: I was also busy buying this weekend, and um, my strategy is a little different. Uh, every time it went down five hundred bucks i would d c a and then when it went down a thousand, I would double that d c a and I have managed to uh completely uh exhaust nice. my uh my allocation uh the capital that i've allocated to bitcoin i have now i am now one hundred percent allocated so This is a thing of beauty because now I can sit back and relax. I don't have to look at charts. I don't have to look at price. I don't have to worry about it anymore at all. And uh, I'm actually very, very happy. I slept real good last night.
7: It's really funny because Terrence, you made me think about something. So on my SWAN thing, you know, I don't guess it happens that often, but I had like X amount of my ACH basically ready to deploy immediately instead of it just happening every day. You know, and Bitcoin has been... Going and I just couldn't wait, you know, and I went ahead and just spent it all. But obviously, you know, if I had waited a few days I would have got it a little bit cheaper. But that's just I like the daily DCA because I can I can enjoy getting a, a little bit of the dip every day.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a simple man. I, I get paid. I smash by once a month. But actually, through luck or judgment, I, I kind of felt a dip coming and um I um, put my money aside. I still haven't smash bought. Um, I, I'm still expecting a bit of a capitulation wick. Um, I don't know when that comes, but I, I, I'm expecting it. Um, and when that happens, I will be smash buying the fuck out of it.
7: Noodle, you need to consider Daily DCA, my friend. You can do it. Just do a lesser amount each day, and it takes the money out of your bank account every uh, once a week.
3: I hope everyone bought their mother some discounted sets this sunday the greatest gift a son or daughter can give their mother
1: this holiday
5: season is a gift of bitcoin
1: you know what you you say that i I bought well i didn't buy her I, i gave her the advice of bitcoin years and years and years ago and um it's um it's paid off quite well for her so um no more mother's day gifts from me
9: Yeah, I do it like noodle. I'm not a daily DCA guy. You know, I pay my bills. I pay myself first every month in Bitcoin, pay my bills. And then at the end of the month, if there's anything, it's not always there's not always everything, anything left over. But if there is, you know, it'll go into the Bitcoin wallets. Um, But yesterday I'm out in Charleston this weekend and yesterday I was with some friends I haven't seen in a while. So, of course, here goes the orange pill engine. And I'm like showing them how easy it is to buy. You know, I, I told them, look, you know, you want to get two points where you're feeling great. You want to feel great that you can buy it quickly in a place that you trust it that you're getting it. And then at some point you're going to want to know that you can hold it securely, you know? So I'm kind of going down that, that road with them and I'm showing them on my phone, you know, just how quickly I could buy it. So I just bought like 10 bucks. and I'm like showing them like, Hey, check this out. Boom. You know, 10 bucks seconds, you know? Then I looked at the price. You know, I hadn't seen it while I've been out here too much. I mean, I know the general trend, but just seeing how it was yesterday, and uh, you know, so after my little orange lesson, I'm upstairs in the bedroom here. I'm like on my computer with my hotspot, like trying to get <laughs> in my real account, trying to get like something for real. And of course, I woke up this morning and stacked again. So
1: for me as well, it's about fees and and the cumulative fees over. You know, the, the amount that I allocate each month to, to buying Bitcoin, if I was to do that on a daily basis, because there's a minimum fee on, on you know, the exchange I use. And I imagine most exchanges that kind of, you know, if I was DCAing daily, that cumulative fee would would end up in me getting less Bitcoin. But as you said as well, I, that there is something about kind of buying and taking it straight off the exchange straight away. And um, I suppose being lazy and not having to do that 30 days a month.
3: The noodle that oh, you're in England. That's right. I was gonna say there's no fee on strike. And you know, you don't you know you can you can spread out your buys to other to other um uh, uh institutions, but yeah, you're in England. Sorry. Hey, I don't it's fine. I don't get paid.
1: strikes coming to I, the UK at the end of twenty twenty one.
7: I
3: don't get paid to say
7: this, man, but you can go on you can set it up on Swan and forget about it and when you want to withdraw it, it's free. That's the one difference than almost any other exchange out there.
1: I've been wanting nope. to Swan for for like forever. I actually spoke to Alex about it a, a while ago, but for me, it, it's the kind of it. It's the delay in the sort of international um, wire transfer. Whereas,
6: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, if you guys can integrate something called UK faster payments, then I would switch to Swan in a heartbeat.
10: Oh, you know what? You should check
0: out. Is uh, I think it's called Wise now. Like there's this uh, there's this um, financial services company. I think it's called Wise. Yeah, it used that to it be if, if you be Connect up to them. Yeah, if you connect up to them, apparently you can do instant ACH just like it was a United States bank account. Now, I am. I don't know the details. This is what I heard.
3: You yeah, no details
0: in there,
8: but it works.
3: They ought to come up with some kind of monetary system where, you know, you can move your money around the world almost instantaneously and with very little fees. Wouldn't that
1: be really fucking cool if they could do that?
0: Somebody should fucking do that for sure, man. That's like a multi-million People
1: dreaming, Peter. Yeah, I, heard, I, can't, I found out about this thing called Bitcoin. You should look into it, Peter.
0: Just in case it catches on, bro i'm gonna throw this out there to the universe by the way a couple quick things number one you're listening to cafe bitcoin good morning welcome if you've never been here before we talk about bitcoin here we'll do a proper uh, proper uh promo show notes thing late later here at uh at, at the 45 minute mark, just want to welcome everybody um <clears throat> The Daily Bitcoin, that is something that we should hit before we keep rolling. So, Cory.Substack.com. If you want to be on a mailing list where you get once a day, Corey Clipson of Swan Bitcoin curates either a video or an article or something that he thinks is very high signal. And one thing that he is good at is isolating signal from noise. So, if you want to check that out, Cory.Substack.com. <laughs> The last one was why you must set up a Bitcoin dCA plan by Haas McCook and Stefan La, so that's probably pretty good.
8: All right weird
3: one, one of the things that Dr. Jeff didn't mention when he was talking about his his base price for uh, Bitcoin going forward is that the potential uh, you know we could potentially be in a recession uh next year first quarter second quarter uh so when he's talking about you know he's talking about bitcoin uh, outperforming um the 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 u.s market substantially even at those base cases i just i just wanted to throw that out there
0: yeah it's pretty fantastic i don't know this is my opinion but this is looking really tasty right here it's too bad that that uh, Jeff Ross left. I wanted to ask him. I've got. I'm. I'm, I'm thinking of of this new framework, this new model. Um, it's it's basically when gold, gold bugs go full Karen on the Bitcoin price on Twitter. Um, you know, is that some kind of a good market indicator? I don't know. I'm working out the data right now. Do you have a date on when that's going to
3: happen?
0: I'll let you know. I, I I got some tweaking to do with the with the with the AI and the and the quants on my team. You know, I don't know. It seems interesting to me, like because I still follow a bunch of gold analyst type guys from the gold space, and it seems like all on the same day they all shit on Bitcoin simultaneously. This was last week, by the way. I have no idea what they've got to say today. I haven't looked yet. So you want to hear something funny? This is uh, anecdotal, and I haven't found the supporting evidence that this is true yet, but apparently the European Central Bank president, Christine Lagarde, has rejected calls by her staff to link salary increases to inflation. (laughs) This is hilarious. Like, you can't even make this up. Like, the employees at the central banks are complaining about inflation.
1: How do you like your irony served?
0: It's pretty hilarious. It's actually a
1: remarkable show of integrity that she declined their
6: demands. Because you would just expect normally such people vote themselves because they are that close to the money printer. They say, no problem. We'll print you some money.
0: Well, the IMF doesn't actually print its own money. It has to be given money, really.
6: Christine Lagarde is the European Central Bank.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right, ECB. I was thinking IMF.
3: So I've got a funny little anecdotal story about how things have changed since the the early 70s. Um, We've been going through, as a family, we've been going through the thousands of photos and slides. And I mean, we're we're talking probably 10,000 photos and slides that my parents managed to accumulate over time. And we're, we're culling them down to what, we really, we really want. And there's also a lot of paperwork and stuff like that. And then my parents died, um, in 2019 after being married for 69 years. Um, and, uh, um, there's a lot of paperwork in there too. And the, the, the estate has still not completely settled. Um, and that's just, you know, due to the complication of the way the state gets involved with estates. And we found my my uh my grandmother my father's mother's um will in in amongst the paperwork she literally wrote a one-page letter and she said give this person that person that thing give this person that thing move this money to here do this and do that and that was her will And <laughs> it was settled in a day i mean it's just insane how complicated things have gotten and You know, we were talking last week about uh, administrators and 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 how, uh, you know, these bureaucrats have become involved in our lives. And the difference between just just in just in 40 years, the difference between, you know, how administratively we handle things, even like death, is just it's exponentially different and exponentially more complicated.
8: Everything gets over regulated and becomes really expensive. And then you have these legal oligopolies. I've had to bury two loved ones on the same day. So I have some experience dealing with these people.
11: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Good morning, Terrence, Tomer, Alex, everyone. Um, I felt compelled to, to join. I'm a little busy this morning, but I, like you all, probably got a lot of text messages from folks that you have converted to the good word. And
12: it just seemed like
11: a good day as the, um, as the spiritual leader of the Bitcoin community to, um, to perhaps just lead us in prayer. Now, it's important to know that at the Church of Satoshi, we are non-denominational. Um, as you know, we only denominate in Satoshis. Um, and if you don't mind, I just thought I could pray for all those who've sold their Bitcoin, um, and will never rejoin us. And, um, yeah, if that's okay with you, Alex, I'd like to just say a brief prayer. Is that okay? I'll take silence as agreement. (laughs) Our Satoshi, who art unknown, pseudo be thy name, thy black will come. Thy TX will be confirmed on chain as it is in Mempool. Give us this day our daily sats and forgive us our address reuse as we forgive those who attempt double spends against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from fiat. For the blockchain, the scarcity, and the sovereignty are ours for now and forever. Hallelujah.
1: Insta follow. That was that was brilliant. Amen. Hallelujah, John, Father John.
0: Hallelujah.
11: I, uh, I encourage if you. Uh,
0: if you're new to spaces and you found that to be really fucking weird, it's not a cult. I'm
4: just saying, Bitcoin's not a cult. <laughs> gotta, gotta throw that caveat in there
11: eh <laughs> the, the best part Alex the best part of when we first started Sunday's Satoshi service Corey calls me he's like driving up to Seattle or back from Seattle or something he's on a long drive and he's just like hey man like like you know we got to do this again next week right I'm just like uh I got this like golf trip next Sunday <laughs> and then I'm just like but Corey the, the idea was to make fun of us being a cult not to actually become a cult like we're not we're not like, we can't become the joke. And uh, uh, that's the joke, man.
13: I just thought it was a, a treat. Uh, we have the Bitcoin preacher, and then we have the Bitcoin shaman and Tomer on stage with us. So it's kind of a spiritual treat up here. Pretty oh,
11: awesome. you, many, I don't know if many, many may not know this, but uh, Tomer was um, a, a, an Emeritus member of the, uh, the clergy. He uh, um, had a, 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 a a regular spot to to lead the the congregation through
0: um, what was probably the most
11: serious member.
0: Serious I, don't a, I don't think you could be. I don't think a shaman and a clergy at the same time. That's kind of mutually exclusive, isn't it? You can
8: do ayahuasca though.
11: We have to, we have to remind you. We have to remind everybody. We are non denominational, as I mentioned. You know, we literally only denominate in Satoshi's, and so uh, all are welcome from all different religious paths, and so. Uh, yeah, it's it's the one exception to the rule. Alex, you're just gonna have to deal with it, my
3: friend. We we even accept those from the house of Tesla and the house of Apple. They're all welcome.
8: An arc. Y'all Bitcoin nerds are really weird. Like Jeez. real weird. You have any be- you're freaking some people out right now. The overton window has many. Yeah, this exceeded. is why the price keeps going down.
11: Yeah, this is definitely all, all my fault for sure. <laughs> Let's keep that in mind.
3: You know, you have to be able to you effort. have to be able to make fun of yourself. You have to be able to make fun of your of your situation. you have to you have to humor is a humor is a great thing. And one of the great things about the Bitcoin community is that we all recognize um, once you get to a certain depth in the rabbit hole, you kind of look around and you I, I don't know. I'm assuming everybody at some point looks around and goes, "Oh my god, did I get involved with a cult, or is, is this a religion?" But it, it's not. It's just, it's just money and being able to being able to make fun and memes of your own uh, kind of uh, bent on life is it's important. It's important to be able to do this. And uh, John, I appreciate that. I thought it was funny as fuck.
0: Most of us out there. Normal. I'm going to throw this out there to the community. It's been brought to my attention that we typically have panels of all men up here and that women would feel more included if we had women voices up here. So if you're a female and you agree with that, shoot me a DM, voice your opinion on that so that I know that you get, that's legit, that it's not just one female that's kind of complaining about the fact that it's usually all men up here. I acknowledge that's true. I I don't actively... um, I don't actively, like, not bring up females. It's just, I don't know, kind of just works out that way. I don't know why.
4: I find even at uh, some meetups and stuff, there's a lot of male dominance, unfortunately. But uh, hopefully getting some more people in the space and being a lot more inclusive is the way to go, right?
2: Hey, good morning, guys. This is your female friend chiming in. Hey, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody, Good morning. please bring your wives, girlfriends, mothers to your local meetups. We ask people in Houston every month. I, I specifically target every woman that comes over and, and go over, introduce myself, ask them to bring their friends. Um, I, I ask everybody that I talk to, pl- please bring your wife next time. And there's always an excuse that my wife is home with kids or my wife has something else going on. But please implore them to understand that, that being a part of this weird, non-cult-like community that is Bitcoin is the most important work on Earth. And by taking time to understand it and to be involved, you're protecting your kid's future. So you know, every mom out there should be interested in Bitcoin. Because it, it is the future, and it it is what will protect your children and the your children's children. So, amen to getting more women involved. It's it's the coolest thing to know about. It's the most exciting work to do. I love it. I, I love seeing other women involved. So, thanks for saying that this morning,
0: Lisa. Thanks for coming up coming up and and sharing. I have a quick question for you before we go to Tokyo. Is do you feel like we would have um like we would reach the female audience better if we had regular female speakers up here? Do you think it matters?
2: no absolutely i I think you would I, you know it, I personally thought the prayer was hilarious because I do think that i I do think that bitcoin seems a little um, insular now, but as more people understand it, they realize that it's it's really. It, like, we do make fun of ourselves be, because we're such a small community, but I think we're all just trying to be humble and not say, you know, not, not shake the, the life out of somebody and, and try to get their attention and try to get them to pay attention. Um, but, you know, when I speak to people one-on-one and say to them, if you love philanthropy, you'd love Bitcoin. If you love family, you'd love Bitcoin. You know, if you care about the environment, you'd love Bitcoin. The people that respond with, really? Tell me about that. What, what, how does philanthropy have anything to do with Bitcoin? Right? It's, it, we have to find the right window to bring women into the community because people enter the Bitcoin community from all different places, from all different perspectives. Right? What resonates within me is likely different than resonates within other people. And so I think the, the more of us that are out there Going down these different paths, um, it, it, it does get people interested. But, but, of course, having women in the space, I think, is is better for Bitcoin. Having everybody in the space is better for Bitcoin.
0: Cool. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for bringing that up. Toki, good morning.
12: <laughs> good morning. And I agree with Lisa uh, 100%. Um, I think uh, you you. for me, it's been my experience that you have to meet women where they are. Well, you have to meet people where they are. And in my case, particularly, um, you know, the women that I associate with um, typically were and still are a little bit more liberal leaning in their thinking. And, Alex, I'm apolitical, so I don't have a dog in this race, but I'm just saying that I've noticed that. Um, the types of women that I've noticed that are in the Bitcoin space compared to the women that I grew up with, you know, my circle of friends and those women, um, the women in the Bitcoin space tend to be uh, more sovereignty minded and more conservative in their thinking and and and, and also uh, more tech savvy, believe it or not. <laughs> and and some of my friends that lean, lean a little bit more liberal on the passive side that are females are uh, pretty much um you know, it's a, it's a little bit more philosophy driven, I guess, on that side. So I think that um, I'm going to, I'm trying my best to orange peel people. Um, If you are in Macomb County or you know about Macomb County, there is a Bitcoin meetup in Detroit, but I'm trying to start one in Macomb County. And the hard part for me is right before the pandemic pandemic happened, um, I just moved here, and so I still don't know a lot of people here. But it's about an hour outside of Detroit, and um, and so you know it's it's kind of hard to drive an hour, go have a couple of drinks, and, you know, uh, <laughs> solve the world's problems, and and explain Bitcoin, and then driving back another hour. So so Macomb County is is more north and more northeast. And if you're interested in that, please shoot me a DM um, because we're trying to get this started. And I appreciate the space, Alex. I miss you, and thanks so much for having me.
0: Yeah, you bet. I want to throw a uh, shout-out to Jake Owen in the audience, country music star. Every day I see you, I'm going to invite you up. You're probably working out. Dude drops in here on the regulars to hang out, listen to what's going on. Dennis Porter's out there also. I'm going to throw you an invite as well.
3: Good morning. What? Dennis started drinking coffee? He's up in the morning?
0: Well, yeah, I, I gave him shit the other day. He's like, you guys always do this so early. I'm like, yeah, man. Coffee. It's an amazing, this is an amazing invention.
4: Honestly, this show is what gets me up in the morning. So I appreciate it.
13: <laughs> so, a
0: couple other quick news items Cash App apparently has helped over a million users now purchase BTC for the first time. Pretty cool. I don't hear a lot of people talk about it, though. Anybody
4: here use Cash App? A lot of things. Uh, I used Canada. to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Terrence.
8: I do. I used to until I realized that Swan has much better service, including free unlimited withdrawals of your Bitcoin. Yeah, they cash not to withdraw Bitcoin. They charge you. Th- they have caps. Yeah, they charge you for everything. Is my sense, but I haven't used. I haven't used uh, Cash App in a while. Yeah, Cash App's hey, not yeah. like my
9: go-to place to buy Bitcoin, but you know, I had an account set up. It was on my phone, and so sometimes I'll just, you know, if I'm putting in like a hundred or putting in fifty or something, I can just do it on my phone. Super fast. Yeah, it's but weird. it's not like my number one place or anything.
14: Hey, Alex. Before we uh, stray too much further, I, I really just came up. I wanted to chime in on the the conversation about Bitcoin as a cult or religious themes. Um, I find it, uh, actually does fit in, in a certain context, uh, as far as people attempting to understand the world they live in, which in my opinion is one of the major roles of religion in people's lives, as well as providing some semblance of a, moral guideline set and I think it's undeniable that if you spend enough time diving into Bitcoin that you absolutely develop some new understanding of the world around you as well as some new sense of moral direction as far as right and wrong ways to live. And if you just attempt to see it in that point of view, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to see how it can at least satisfy some of the void that people seek to fill in uh, religious practices. And from that point of view, it's actually um, not that big of a step to see how people from the outside view it as a cult, um, yeah. I push back also on think that you, just a little bit. You, you, you can't see. you can't have culture without cult. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just think it's a. I, I don't. I don't think that Bitcoin is religion. I'm not attempting to say that. I'm just. I, I do notice that um, it, it it's so much more substantial and does provide these frameworks, and I think that that's significant as far as um, generally what a lot of people out there in the world are are yearning for when they're drawn to, um, you know, issues of faith. It's just what's amazing is you don't need faith in Bitcoin. It's, it's, it's about knowledge. It's about truth. And so it's powerful in that way. I just think it can, can serve a similar um, sort of uh, framework role. That's all.
0: All right. I'm going to say a quick thing, Tomer. You're probably the best equipped to do, answer this or deal with this or speak to this subject. So we're going to go with you a, uh, after, though. I'm going to say something really quick, then we're going to hit announcements, and then we're going to go with you, Tomer, to continue. So my thought is is that I think it's important to not conflate um, spirituality with, with uh, having values, communities having values. Those are two different things. right? And you have to have some degree of spiritual maturity to understand that. Not everybody's going to get it. But um, the Bitcoin community, no doubt, has common values. A lot of us have common values, and I think we're all attracted to that. Uh, For me, it's the freedom, it's the individualism, it's the resilience, it's the decentralization. It's the take giving the power and handing it back to the people thing. It's about having honest money and it's about having money that will appreciate in value versus depreciate in value. And it's about all of the positive um, time preference changes. It does it does if you if you hang around Bitcoin long enough, it does start to change your behavior. But that's a value thing that's not a spiritual thing. The, the thing that got me talking about this normally I wouldn't even dig into this, this is more like a, a Tomer realm, but this is that when, when somebody feels that void, That's a spiritual issue. That is not a value issue. You might be able to find a group of people who are like-minded and join that group of people and talk to them and learn from them and all that kind of stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's important not to conflate the two.
14: Can can I just respond to that? I I think that there's absolutely... I I agree with you, and I'm not attempting to conflate uh, spirituality with issues of understanding value. But I think without a doubt, most people living in today's society and developed parts of the world feel some kind of void that's not a spiritual one necessarily. There's, a, there's a, a, a thing that you can't put your finger on. You know, we call it like the rat race. We call, you know, the way things work in our world, um, we, we have different ways of defining it, but most people don't understand it to the point where they don't really know why they're struggling. They don't understand why they don't feel valued. And I think there's definitely aspects of that that are spiritual, but there's absolutely also aspects of that that touch on all the stuff that we uncover and talk about every day with bitcoin. So I just think it's a it's a it's a set of information and knowledge and perspectives that really are profoundly impactful as far as changing one's own understanding of themselves inside of Society, And I think that that's just just touches maybe just on the borders with some of those other issues around, you know, spirituality and, and seeking, you know, that bigger understanding of yourself and the universe. Yeah, maybe I'll jump in, Alex. Now,
6: um, I, th- I think when people start to compare Bitcoin to anything else, whether it's a cult or religion or a money system or anything else, it's not just you, you look for the similarities, but you identify the big differences too. Like there's, you know, when Jason Lowry says Bitcoin is war and yet nobody gets killed. Uh, so it's also very important to not just say what's similar, but what's different. And, and just to point these things out, like in a cult, there's a leader. Right? There's, there's a supreme leader and, and Bitcoin doesn't have that. So it's missing like the most important thing that makes something a cult. And in a religion, there's one or more deities. There's one or more and in Bitcoin, there's no God of Bitcoin, right? So it it, this is what makes it so compatible with all these other things. There can be a community in Bitcoin that has a leader. There can be a community and many communities in Bitcoin that follows many religions. And Bitcoin is not in conflict with it. Bitcoin doesn't say there is no God. Bitcoin doesn't say there is a God. It doesn't say there is no leader. It it is this very neutral accepting thing that accepts all and it just what bitcoin says is you gotta there's only two rules really you gotta do the proof of work if you want to add a block and you gotta sign a transaction with the private key those are the only two rules of bitcoin really and um and if you do those things bitcoin accepts you and if you don't do those things and you try to pass something off bitcoin ignores you it doesn't even It doesn't reject you. You're always welcome back to Bitcoin. Anyone in the world can use it, no matter what terrible things they may have done to Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is this very accepting thing. And this is why it's so easy for people to conflate it with so many other things, because it's not incompatible with any other thing. You can have a view that it's war or a view that it's peace. You can have a view that it's religious or that it's atheist. You can have a view that it's a culture or that it's a cult. And you can provide evidence to support it, but there's also always evidence to contradict it. And I think that's why it is, it is its own thing. And it's this very accepting thing, but it has these couple of unbreakable rules. And if you, as long as you don't break these rules, um, you're all welcome to use it. And that's not up, to, I'm, not, I'm not the one who's saying that. I'm just describing the reality of it. It's not up to me who can use Bitcoin and who can't. That's, that's already written in stone.
0: Always well said, Tomer. Okay, a couple of quick items and we'll keep rolling. You have been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning, if you've never been here before. Uh, welcome. This is a great place to learn about Bitcoin. It's a great place to get your morning news on Bitcoin. It's becoming a preferred hangout for some of the smartest minds of Bitcoin. Just to chill, talk about what's going on. We have uh, a lot of great people stopping in here on a pretty regular basis. Um, this is also a podcast up on Spotify, Apple. Everywhere that you get your podcast, you can throw myself a follow or Swan Bitcoin to be notified of when those drop. If you'd like a job in Bitcoin, go to BitcoinerJobs.com. Again, that's BitcoinerJobs.com. And then finally, I work with Swan. If you want to know about Swan, you can shoot me a DM. There's a couple of quick things I'd like to mention about Swan. Number one. Swan takes customers globally, doesn't matter what country you're from. There's a few countries that are on an OECD list that we can't take. But for the most part, whether you're in you know, Africa or South America, North America, Europe, whatever, Asia, we can take you, we can help you buy Bitcoin. If you have a business, you want to put Bitcoin in your balance sheet, Swan's a great place to do that. We have some of the fastest onboarding in the industry. Finally, High net worth, ultra high net worth. If you're looking for kind of like a one-on-one experience, we have a very deep bench of experts to help you uh, in your knowledge through your Bitcoin journey. A lot of people nowadays are starting to figure out, Oh, maybe I had to just buy a little bit of this Bitcoin thing, even though they may not understand it quite yet. This actually happens to me quite a bit. A client will say, hey, I don't understand this thing. Sending you some money anyway, buy some Bitcoin. Please teach me about this as we go. That's one thing that we do. Happy to help you with that. Morning, Dennis Porter. How are you doing?
5: Excellent, sir. How about the rest of you? Sounds like everybody's having a good morning so far.
0: Smashing and sats, stacking
5: half off. We're getting Bitcoin half off. Uh, if you bought Bitcoin when it was, you know, almost seventy thousand uh, dollars, you got half as much, more, or even less than that, uh, than you do today. So, buy Bitcoin, fire sale, stack sats be
0: happy all right our featured guest has showed up uh, i want to introduce you all to kev all our parking lots he is a business owner an example of a business owner that has put bitcoin on his balance sheet so here after the top of the hour we'll be digging in and talking to kevin a little bit more finding out about his story why he made the decision to put bitcoin on his balance sheet etc welcome kevin thanks for hanging out
10: Hey, Alex, thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to be on here, and I'm excited to talk about Bitcoin for, for small businesses. You want me to go ahead and just riff away, or do uh, um, you guys want to do this as like a, a question-and-answer type deal? We'll do both. We'll, we'll, we'll dig
0: in a, a little bit into your story here in five-ish, ten-ish minutes kind of cool. chilling right now. I'm talking about different things that are going on. Bitcoin price right now, obviously isn't a pretty big dip. So a lot of folks are there. I noticed two distinct reactions to this. Well, a couple, number one, people who hate Bitcoin love this kind of stuff. Cause they use it as an opportunity to, to shit post. <laughs> There's a shit post indicator. I'm trying to formulate the data right now. um, But I've noticed you can tell a lot about a person's mentality and understanding of Bitcoin based upon how they react to something like this. Like I've noticed that people who are below their cost basis, some of them are freaking out right now. And it's obvious to me that those people don't actually understand what it is they own. And then you got the Bitcoiners who are actively stacking right now. Worth, good morning. How are you doing, man?
15: Hey, Alex. Good morning. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. How about you? Stacking. Yeah, I am stacking, same. and I'm spreading the good word of stacking. Same, same. Um, it's it's amazing in times like these how <clears throat> people seem to lose a little bit of focus and um, you know redirect their attention to price versus uh, the value that's been created in the network. So I don't know. These are great opportunities. I do understand why people um, are fearful because, you know, money is people's economic equity. So um, I understand, but just duration is the main thing and low time preference when creating value. So I don't know. I just look at the numbers, Alex, and I just, it just blows me away. Um, You know, and I think you and I personally have talked about this in the past, but, uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers did a report uh, not too long ago and they looked at total clients' assets globally as well as the kind of penetration rate of penetration rate being how much of that total client asset is under management. And if you look at it in 2020, they estimated there was $111 trillion, uh, in global AUM, uh, so client assets under management. They had that growing. 31% by 2025 to $145 trillion. Um, If you make any kind of assumptions about Bitcoin, let's just say that by 2025, Bitcoin garners 2.5% of that global AUM under management. Um, that's $3.6 trillion. Um and if you stack on the market cap, which is just above what six hundred billion today of Bitcoin, so incrementally of three point six four trillion plus the you know six hundred twenty two billion, you almost at six times um, that level to what we are today. And um, I don't know what the coefficient is or the multiplier um, to get to price, uh, you know. It's not one for one. So if you put a trillion dollars into Bitcoin, it doesn't go up a trillion. It goes up a multiple. But, um, you know, with, with no multiple, just with that incremental uh, increase in, in assets into Bitcoin, you're talking about, you know, $223,000 Bitcoin. So the future's bright, my friends. Um, don't get distracted uh, right now. Stay the course.
0: Yeah, that's great input. This is also, uh, you know, that that saying "Buy when there's blood in the streets." It's, it's it's getting there.
8: I mean, we're close to that. The sentiment is there, for sure. It's close enough to start buying.
4: Yeah, I think we're in that uh, range, and we're we're grinding lower. I agree, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely kind of with Peter. Um, he's on he's on stage now, but yeah, just just doubling those buys and stacking harder as ever
0: (laughs) we're halfway to the next having actually already
15: so all of the isn't that
0: isn't that amazing
15: yeah it's hard to believe Uh, let me let me reiterate one other thing um don't don't be discouraged um adoption is not going to stop because the price is down so uh, don't let anybody tell you that because that's false Um, in fact it's going to accelerate
0: yeah all of the sort of rails that have been put in in q1 so far this year on the uh, on the institutional side
15: worth are are pretty amazing yeah (laughs) they are they are definitely definitely amazing and they're just they're, they're getting better and better and and you know, I just I see so much more adoption and so much willing more willingness to adopt in all types of vehicles so One thing that happened
0: recently worth and you were you were out for a little while so we didn't really get a chance to discuss it was uh, Fidelity offering Bitcoin in retirement accounts. So they basically came out and said that of all the different, companies in the financial ecosystem that use Fidelity as the uh, the custodian and the back-end sort of rails for these retirement accounts. There's 23,000 companies, 20 million participants, $2.7 trillion of assets under management, and they've indicated that they're going to allow people to put up to 20% of that in Bitcoin. That's
15: a pretty big, uh, pretty big development in my mind. Yeah, it's staggering, and I agree with you, and it's a massive development. And and what a trusted name as well to do that, um, being Fidelity. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be massive. I think you're going to see a huge conversion, or at least a, a portion of people's assets uh, move to that. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to individually that are just know about this and uh, have uh, have intent to 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 make an adjustment to their portfolio.
0: all right so uh once again our um our featured guest today is all out kev and uh president of all our parking lots kevin why don't you tell us a little bit about your background man how did you uh how did you come to bitcoin sure so um you know uh march of
10: 2020 hit everything shut down um we're a uh, just for context here, we're a paving and concrete company. So we do all commercial parking lot work. Um, and, uh, uh right before, um, right before everything shut down, we were actually at the restaurant facilities management association. So we we're soliciting to, you know, restaurant owners to be able to do work in the parking lots. Um, and, uh, the, the day I flew back from that conference is when, you know, the whole world shut down. Um, We didn't get, (laughs) we didn't get any work out of that conference. That's for sure. Um, where restaurants clearly had no money at that, at that point to spend. Um, so all these contracts got pulled from us. Um, and, uh, and we were the classic main street company, right. That had a, had a down year. Um, there was that K shape recovery, um, wall street, everything went up, uh, main street, pretty much everybody went down. And, um, uh, so we, you know, around that time, the, the government came out with the CARES Act.
0: I don't know. I think I lost you. Anybody else? Listen?
10: No, I'm so, sorry, but that was going to call. Um, so, uh, around, around uh, like a, f- a few months, a few months into COVID, they came out with the CARES, CARES Act. Part of that was the PPP, the payroll protection program. And, um, and what that was, was uh, a calculation uh, based upon your previous year's payroll. Um, they, they would, uh, the government was loaning you a certain amount of money. And as long as you use that for payroll and a few other expenses, uh, it was completely forgiven. So it was basically free money that we were given. And, um, you know, I'm no genius economist, but just, you know, it didn't sit right with me. I knew there was going to be some side effects Ah, uh, because of this, I didn't know what the solution was. I was like, "All right, we're going to take this free money and whatever. We'll, we'll keep on rolling." Um, and then uh, when it came January 2021, uh, the uh, round two came out of the PPP, and at that point, we got more free money. And I, you know, I'm just throwing my hands up like this is this is insane. This can't continue to happen um, without, uh, without some big consequences. And I didn't know what to do. I was talking to my accountant. Um, he said that his brother was into Bitcoin and the Bitcoin price had been going up because people were getting out of the dollar and putting money into Bitcoin. So I had zero knowledge of Bitcoin at that point. I said, listen, I I don't know anything about this Bitcoin thing, whatever. Yeah. set, set up the meeting. I'll talk to your brother and let me see what this is about. So, sat down with him, started talking about this, you know, pseudonymous person Satoshi Nakamoto, and there was this ledger and this block, and then another block, and you know, all this thing. It sounded like something out of a science fiction movie, to be quite honest. Um, so, he's trying to explain it to me. My head is spinning, um, and uh, the only thing that really resonated with me was he said, well, there's another entrepreneur, uh, Michael Saylor, and he's put it on his company's balance sheet. And so for me, I look through um, uh, pretty much everything I look at is through the lens of entrepreneurship. So when another entrepreneur had gotten into this, that's what piqued my interest. And so um, I'm pretty, you know, up to date on like the the, the most popular CEOs or uh, business owners and things like that. But I had never heard of Michael Saylor's name. So when I got home, I, I Googled him. I see this, you know, publicly traded CEO, um, he's from went to MIT. He's a technologist. Um, and, uh, obviously a very successful guy. So I started listening to pretty much every podcast he's ever been on. And, um, and that's what really, you know, yeah, just sent me down the rabbit hole and, uh, you know that—that's how I came to Bitcoin. Yeah, it's funny about that. I, I hear that exact
0: same thing from business owners often. Like um, when I ask them how they came to Bitcoin, sailor is often the answer because um, business owners look at things a very specific way when it comes to your balance sheet and your cash flow and the money that you need to operate. Right. So interesting. So. Um, What was the journey like for you? How did that all work? Was it hard? Was it difficult? Um, How did you do it?
10: Um, So it was pretty, it was pretty simple since there. I, you know, started looking into everything, started listening to, you know, all the podcasts, um, reading the books, and then got involved in a few meetup groups. um, And I started purchasing Bitcoin uh, early on. Um, You know, fortunately, um, the guys who yeah, introduced me to Bitcoin were Bitcoin only guys, um, and so uh, so they got me signed up with Swan pretty quick, uh, which was great. And um, so I started buying personally from there, and then uh, you know I had listened to enough Michael Saylor at that point to where I thought that it would be beneficial uh, for the business. So I have a business partner, my best friend Marco. And, um, you know, after I had done enough studying and felt that I was able to articulate it properly to him, you know, we kind of just sat down, had a discussion about it. um, And, uh, you know, fortunately, he was on board. There wasn't really any any struggle there. So uh, so I think that's, um, you know, really the only hurdle if, if you're a business owner and you have a partner, right, like small business owners, we don't have you know, these boards and we're not publicly traded. So there's no no one else you really need to convince unless you have uh, a partner or partners in the business. Um, so, uh, so it makes it kind of easy for us as opposed to um, bigger publicly traded companies. But um, so we sat down, we had the discussion about it. And, um, you know, fortunately for us, it was, <laughs> I guess around this time, um, last year where same deal we had the big drawdown in may right came down to these low 30s and so we were able to uh you know to buy at that point and um uh, you know worked out worked out well for us
0: that's cool let's um For anybody who has questions for Kevin, let's go ahead and start queuing those up. If you're in the audience and you have questions, you're welcome to come up here on the stage and ask them if you want. You can use the Telegram group to do that. One quick thing, um, and Kevin, I'm going to ask you to mute yourself when you're not actively speaking so that we don't get any feedback or anything like that, but um, one thing that somebody brought up to me, I think it was Toki, she basically said, hey, now's a good time to explain what a having is, because a lot of people don't know what that is, there is a really great tweet um, that was just put out by Bitcoin Mag here in just a minute, Chris. If you know which one I'm talking about that that shows the havings, if you guys want to nest that, that'd be great. So, just very quickly, and talk about what that is. So, for people who don't understand, when Bitcoin was first launched at what's called the genesis block, what happened was is that. There had to be a way, A, to get the Bitcoin into the system, but B, to, to incentivize miners to basically process the transactions on the Bitcoin network. So every 10 minutes, there's a new block added to the blockchain. The time chain is what, what some of us refer to, it, refer to it as. And every time those, in every 10-minute block, there's a certain amount of Bitcoin that are essentially given to miners for processing the transactions and adding those new blocks to the chain. Now, I'm not going to get into more details about that particular aspect of it, but the halving describes the amount of that Bitcoin dropping four years. So in the beginning, the block rewards were 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes for the miners. It was the first four years. And then in 2012, there was the first what's called the halving. So what does that mean? It means the block rewards drop to 25 bitcoin every every 10 minutes and then we had another one in 2016 then the block rewards dropped to 12 and a half bitcoin every 10 minutes and so um, 2020 was the most recent one it dropped down to 6.25 so currently we're in the fourth epoch it's called an epoch every 4 years is an epoch and What's happening right now is is that there's 6.25 Bitcoin given to miners every 10 minutes to secure the network and to handle the transactions. Now, this is going to happen again in 2024. Why is this important? Well, the amount of Bitcoin being produced and added to the network drops in half again. So in addition to the fact that over 60% of Bitcoin probably haven't moved for somewhere between three to five years, there's a huge amount of it that's basically just not for sale. And any of these new institutions or any new business or any new sovereign, anyone that wants to come in and buy Bitcoin, they're basically competing for an ever-diminishing number of new Bitcoin that are that are being added to the network every 10 minutes. And so you have to buy that from a holder who's willing to sell it. And in many cases, like if you (laughs) Bitcoiners, I know have really no intention of selling at at anywhere near these prices. And many Bitcoiners I know never intend to sell at all because we view it as the next money. Anybody have anything to add real quick to that in terms of the having, and then we'll go back to Kevin, talk a little bit more about what's going on with, uh, with him. All right, cool. Kev, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and, um, you know to you what are the advantages of having bitcoin on your balance sheet what do you, do you see any disadvantages with it like what is the long term vision of
6: that for you
10: so yeah i'll talk about uh, the few ways that we use bitcoin in our business so uh, of course it's our our balance sheet strategy so we have our PL strategy where you know every day we're going out we're paving parking lots we're pouring concrete um and uh we're we're generating dollars that way um but then we're going ahead and we're taking those dollars and plugging them into bitcoin um so that's our our balance sheet strategy um to yeah to plug into an asset that um you know historically has outperformed inflation and i think that's a a key strategy for all small businesses here moving forward because um uh, another another great way Michael Saylor puts it is as a as a business, right you're in your rowboat and you're rowing at you know ten fifteen miles uh, per hour and um, you know under normal circumstances, that would be great like if you grow your business at ten fifteen percent like that's a great year and um you know you should be rewarded for that but um with uh, today's economic and mon- monetary policy you're not right you're you're getting blown backward right you're, you're you're going against the wind that's 25 30 miles per hour in your face and uh, so you end up going backward so how do you combat that right Is you, you plug into bitcoin uh, you put up a bitcoin sale and you blow with the wind um, so when all this money is printed and uh, the B- bitcoin price goes up here um, you're you're actually working less um, and uh, getting wealthier. Um, and so, uh, so another way we use it is for retention. So we wanted to orange pill the entire company, um, get everybody. We have 35 employees. And so we wanted everybody to have some Bitcoin to be able to start, uh, start learning about it. So what we did was we implemented a $5 Bitcoin bonus. And so, um, so every week, uh, everybody in the company wakes up on Friday and, um, they have, you know, $5 worth of Bitcoin, um, that is going into their account. And, um, and so, you know, I think the best way to teach people is to, uh, you know, have them have some skin in the game, right? They have some, then all of a sudden they start to, you know, wonder about it. What is this thing? I don't know why my... You know why my company's giving it to me, but I'm going to start looking into it. So, uh, um, so we started we started using it that way, and then um, for recruiting, uh, when, once we put this in place, we went, whenever we post a a job ad, like recently we had an inside operations coordinator come on board, and so we posted up on Indeed that uh, we offer a Bitcoin bonus, and um, so we actually had a woman. Reach out to me. She saw our ad on Indeed. She actually found me out personally on LinkedIn and messaged me and said, "Hey, I looked at you know over 30 companies today. Your company appeals to me the most. Uh, You know, can I have an interview?" And uh, with her taking that initiative, I said, "Yeah, absolutely." So set up the interview, and she came in and said, "You know, what stuck out to me was that you guys offer a Bitcoin bonus. Um, And you know, just shows proves to me that you guys are a forward thinking company." And I want to be a part of a company like that. And, um, you know, she, we, we ended up hiring her. She's uh, kicking ass right now. And, um, you know, again, yeah, who doesn't want to work with Bitcoiners. Right. Um, so, uh, so that was, that was great for us to be using it with recruiting. Uh, we also brought in a certified financial planner. Um, he came on board, He, he uses Swan as well. And, um, We had him present to the entire company um, because, again, my my concern for everybody is like, hey, I'm not going to be able to give everybody 20 percent raises year over year. It's just not going to happen. I'll I'll go out of business. Um, But how can I help them is to bring in a certified financial planner who is pro Bitcoin. And so, so what we did was. The company pays for uh, the majority of what it costs for that certified financial planner. Um, And then the employee, um, you know, pays a little bit so that they have uh, some skin in the game. And it's totally voluntary. Nobody has to do it. Um, But uh, but uh, they pay a little bit and then they get the services from this financial planner where, um, you know, he will help you. Put together a a budget, um, and then you know look at investments to uh, to be able to put together an investment portfolio, um, so that you can you know be prepared here as we go through this crazy amount of inflation. So those are a few ways that we've you know brought Bitcoin um, into the company and and uh, how we're utilizing it.
8: Go ahead. You know what I'm gonna say. So at Swan where Alex and I work, we have a Bitcoin benefit plan where you as a CEO, you can give your employees a little Bitcoin each month. I understand you can't give them 20% raises, but maybe you can give them 20 bucks, 50 bucks a month of Bitcoin. And the reason it's much better than you doing it yourself is because Swan has excellent education and community just for these benefit plan enrollees. So they're going to have a partner in their journey in Bitcoin and learn about it. It's just like Alex's wealthy clients at a smaller scale, right? Where Alex has clients who are like, you know what, I don't really understand this Bitcoin thing. Here's some money, teach me along the way. Here, they're not even putting their own money in. You're doing it as a great boss who's forward thinking and they get to ed- be educated and learn about it along the way as they see their bitcoin stack go up every month they get you know 50 bucks more of bitcoin so i think it's a great way to orange pill the middle class in america who are the people that are getting broken by a ridiculous uh, system and all the cantalon effects and so forth
0: yeah, it's very cool um, to hear about all that stuff that you're working on, Kevin. And and um, for for any business owner really who's interested in doing that with Swan, uh, as far as giving some benefits to employees, both as a retention mechanism, but also to teach them about Bitcoin, we we're, we're working on putting together um, basically custom educational content. You know, a lot of business owners are jumping on this program now. And um, part of what we're doing with each business owner is we're sitting down with them. We're saying, hey, look, tell us what you think is important when it comes to Bitcoin. We're going to put together some custom curriculum and, and teach your employees what the thing is. Go ahead, Worth.
15: Yeah, this is great. Um enjoying and listening. Um, question is as, as it relates to, you know, uh, the way that you are custodian the asset. Um, are you taking self-custody um, and kind of walk us through uh, your thought process behind whatever decision you made for custody? Yeah, definitely. Um, so
10: we, uh, we purchased through SWAN. Um, we, we DCA, we actually purchase every week or a swan private client. Um, and, uh, and then, and then from there we do self custody. Um, so we'll take, we take it off. Um, I, you, we use a service, um, yeticold.com. Um, and that's basically just a setup guide to use Bitcoin core. And, um, and so, um, yeah, we get it off, we put it in cold storage, and um you know we have a multi-sig setup so um you know it, it might seem uh it might seem a little cumbersome uh, to some but i'd like to reiterate this a lot is that i'm just a dumb paving and concrete guy i'm not a tech guy i'm not um you know super tech savvy or anything like that but anybody can uh, uh can take self-custody put it in cold storage um it's not hard you just have to just have to put in the work, but, um, but that's what we do. Excellent. Thank you for the answer.
0: I apologize. I'm, uh, I'm kind of multitasking right now. I'm juggling a couple of different things. So, um, in addition to the, to the, how do you custody thing? Um, you mentioned a little bit ago that, um, it's, it's good in terms of your, your employees and whatnot. Have you noticed any uptick in employment or changes uh, since going to a so-called Bitcoin standard? I mean, do your employees like it? Do they know about it? Do they understand it?
10: Uh, so, you know, some uh, some do and have, you know, gone down the rabbit hole and have, have bought more, right? And then some are, are still just like, ah you know, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I don't know what this thing is. And so we implemented that back in um, October, 2021. So I think, um, you know, I was talking about this on another podcast is you kind of, you cast the net right now, right? Where you're talking about it and people are thinking that you're crazy and, you know, the price is going down, right? But then all of a sudden when that price jumps up and it's at a hundred thousand, all of a sudden everybody wants to know, Hey, what's going on with this? How can I get more of this? And, uh, what really is this thing? And, and so, um, so that's what everybody's told me that they saw in, you know, 2017 and then in 2020, right. Is that they were telling everybody about it beforehand and then price is really that driver. So, um, so, you know, if you're educating people on it, don't get discouraged, I think uh, we're, we're casting the net now and then all of a sudden those fish jump in uh, once the price really starts to uh, skyrocket here.
13: If I could jump in real quick, you know, you're really like an inspiration to me because I think a lot of people who get into the Bitcoin space kind of get really consumed with working specifically in Bitcoin, which is fantastic. But the route that you took with parking lots and how to utilize, utilize parking lots and your situation for Bitcoin it's just really inspiring what um what made you choose parking lots like that's extremely like uncommon why why did you do that or how did you get into that and then how did you personally get into bitcoin like was it michael saylor who orange pilled you or have you been like a long time hodler or what's your story about that
10: sure so how we got into parking lots first uh so when I was in college, I, I uh, was part of this program called College Works Painting, and so you ran your your own residential painting business um, while you were in school. They they taught you how to market, sell, and you know hire people and everything. And so um, so I did that for a summer where I had to yeah uh, go door to door marketing, trying to uh, sell people on painting their house. Um, then I did all the sales. Then I had to hire the painters. I had a you know forty foot ladder on on top of a Ford Taurus um, and uh, you know was driving driving all around town and so I, I did that um, yeah for a summer and then I'd always wanted to run my own business. so um, all I did was you know in that business you had your labor, your overhead, and your material. I just switched out the material from paint to uh, driveway sealer um, and so, so myself and my best friend, we just went around door to door, just, you know, knocking on doors and seal coating uh, people's driveways. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's just a layer uh, of sealer that goes on top of the asphalt and that, that protects it and then makes it look better. And so we started out in residential, right? We just had uh, some buckets, a beat up old van and a squeegee. And from there, we were able to grow the business and uh, got into doing commercial work. Parking lots is more lucrative. And so we started, uh, seal coating and line striping parking lots. Eventually we built up enough to where we were able to purchase our own, uh, you know, paving machine and milling machine. And so, um, so we started paving and, uh, and then doing concrete as well. And that's how we got into the parking lot business. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just to reiterate as far as, uh, getting into Bitcoin is, yes, I have my, um, uh, you know, issues with the, all the money printing going on, right? The PPP program. And, uh, from there, I, you know, I knew that I needed to figure something out. Um, I sp- spoke with my accountant who, uh, turned me on to his brother and he taught me about Bitcoin. And then from there, I just went down the rabbit hole, listening to Michael Saylor, um, and, uh, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts and, uh, just, yeah, haven't come out haven't come down that rabbit hole since. And um, I guess I'd like to make a, another point, if I can. So, uh, I I think this is a necessary strategy for small businesses, right? Like it's just it's just an uphill battle. Um, I'll give the example of a a florist, right? Like if you're a if you're a florist and you've built up a you know good reputation in town that you know, hey, you know, uh, you're a great business. Everybody comes to you for the prom for Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, whatever the case is, everybody knows they're going to get, you know, good flowers, good service when they come to you. Right. And, um, and let's say that business is kicking off, um, you know, it's turning, let's say 200 grand a year in profit. Right. Um, But uh, you know, under normal circumstances, that business would be able to just keep doing that and keep making 200 grand a year. Great. Awesome. But with inflation today, that two hundred grand is worth less and less and less. So, what are the options for this company? Right, they can try to go three towns over, which they'd have to purchase or rent a building. They'd have to hire and staff it and train that train that staff. They need to spend a ton on marketing, trying to uh, um, you know again build up that reputation, get their name out there. And, you know, that that's going to cost a lot of money. Right. Um, and, And in the meantime, you're just chasing more dollars, which are being devalued. And that's what Michael Saylor talks about. The road to serfdom is working exponentially harder, chasing a currency, getting exponentially weaker. And so how do you combat that? Right. What's the solution? And Bitcoin is that solution. Right. Instead of having to do all of that, buy another building, hire a whole nother staff, uh, spend a ton on marketing dollars, you can just plug into Bitcoin um, and wait for that to appreciate, right? And so, um, you know, that's, that's the answer for a lot of small businesses. And that's the message that I'm trying to get out here, right? Because otherwise, you're banging your head against the wall trying to figure out how to how to beat this inflation, and um, again, working working twice as hard, to either stand still or go backwards.
13: Yeah, for sure. Are you? Um, is there anything like you're, you're fearful of with the putting your company's balance sheet with Bitcoin on a Bitcoin standard, like with regulation or anything? Like, is there anything that scares you about that?
10: No. No, I think it's come out that the United States is, is pro Bitcoin here. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, we, you just have to be as a business owner, you need to be smart about it. Right. So we have a whole cash flow statement and we know how much money we need to operate the business. And we have a certain threshold that, uh, you know, we won't go under. Um, so as long as you're intelligent about that, where you're not going to you know, completely decapitalize your company um, and you have enough to run the business, you um, uh, as I said, for us, you know, we just, we just dollar cost average in weekly. And, um, yeah, no real, no real fear, fear in that regard. We're not selling. So um, I'm, I'm not worried about that. And, uh, yeah, everything else is, is pretty simple. That, that's why I like to explain it that way is, hey, it's easier for small businesses versus publicly traded companies or whatever institutions that have to deal with a ton more regulation.
0: It's really cool getting your, uh, your perspective and your insight as a small business owner, because you think about things and you, you look at the world in a certain way when you're running cash flow like that and you're trying to keep a company alive and grow. Um, so it's, it's really cool that you're in here today to give us that perspective. I'm going to do a couple of quick announcements and I have another question for you. Kevin, you're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning. Welcome. This is a great place to learn about Bitcoin. Great place to get your morning news. It's a preferred hangout for some of the smartest people in Bitcoin to just chill, talk about what's going on. Also a podcast up on Spotify, Apple, everywhere that you get your podcasts. You can throw myself a follow or swan Bitcoin. Be notified of when those drop. Uh, Save some time in your calendar in November. November. For the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, going to be in in California. I can't say much more about it than that, but um, we will continue to update you guys as we get more information on the developments there. I work with Swan Bitcoin. I'm your host, Alex Danzik. If you want to know more about Swan, you can shoot me a DM, and I'm happy to help you. Today's special guest is All Out Kev with All Out Parking Lots. Who has put his business on a bitcoin standard so to speak and uh, we're just learning from him why he did that what his thoughts are how he did that if you're a small business why it's important um kevin i know why i buy bitcoin i know like my long-term views on it <clears throat> even given today's kind of price action we were just talking about essentially armoring and defending your portfolio or your your business balance sheet against inflation i'm going to play devil's advocate for a second here what would you say to a small business owner who's like yeah but bitcoin it's down right now right it's down like 30 percent since the beginning of the year how is that going to protect me from inflation what would you say to a question like that
10: yeah i'd say uh listen you know uh when in doubt zoom out so you're you're just taking a um, you know, small time frame, right? But if you look at uh, March of 2020, it was trading around uh, five thousand dollars, right? And it's gone up six, seven times since then. Is there another investment that you've made that's gone up six or seven times since that point? You know, no. And so, if you look at if you look at the history, um, you could see that Bitcoin's volatile; it's going to go up and down. So don't put in, um, you know, again, make sure you have enough to, uh, you know, run your company, right. Don't, don't put in too much, um, and then have to sell at a lower price or anything like that. Like this is, this is something that we're going to hold on to forever. So, um, you know, so that's what we put in, but don't, uh, yeah, don't, don't put in too much where you're going to have an issue running the company. But if you, if you look at all the investments that you could have made since um, you know, March of 2020 and now, this was the best one. And uh, Bitcoin's volatile. It goes up and it goes down, but it continues to go up higher and higher. And as long as you have a uh, you know, four year time horizon, nobody's lost money in Bitcoin um, that they've held for four years.
0: Yeah, for sure. If, if you're listening to this and you haven't done this yet, I would suggest maybe giving it a try. Go to bitbo.io, and then uh, set the time scale to all time, and then put it on a, a log chart, and you'll see that uh, when in doubt, zoom out, just like Kevin said. Shane or Ant, you got any questions for Kevin?
7: I had to step away and I'm sorry, but I, 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 you know, did get to catch some of the other interviews that you've done. I just think it's really cool what you're doing. You know, I, in my own local area, I'm trying to, um, orange pill, you know, more small businesses, restaurants, all manufacturing companies would love to see them, um, you know, move into this. And so, you know, you might've already mentioned it and I apologize, but what was the, um, you know the tipping point for you to just jump in and say we need to do this.
10: Um, yeah. So uh, for for most people, it was March uh, March 2020 was obviously a big thing, and then um, when we were receiving the the PPP loans that was forgivable. That's what uh, that's what made me you know uh, realize that I needed some type of solution um, to combat all of this money printing. And, uh, and that's when I got into, into Bitcoin from there. And so, um, you know, that's what I try to tell. I'm, I'm in a few other, um, a few other groups with, with other small business owners. And, uh, these are you know, real, real bright guys, real bright minds, but, um, you know, I've given presentations on it. I've talked about it and, you know, you get that, you get that resistance, And, um, you know, I just like I said, you can't get discouraged by it because they're uh, I guess like I'm one of the younger, you know, one of the younger guys. um, And so they might be looking at me like, ah, you know, this is a a millennial or something who believes in this Bitcoin thing. So I try to, you know, I try my my best. Um, But uh, I guess the first time I presented about it was like six months ago. And I'm just starting to see some movement you know we have monthly meetings the last meeting that we had you know guys were asking more questions and um you know i'm hoping i'm going to start to see the the tide turn here um where uh where they're going to start getting into it more but again i think it might just be hey casting that net um you know planting the seeds however you want to phrase it right and then once the price really starts to ramp up then you're known in your circle as the Bitcoin guy, right, um, or the Bitcoin girl, uh, then, um, you know, they're going to come to you and hopefully you'll be there with open arms saying, hey, this is what you got to do. This is, this is um, you know, where you're going to buy and, uh, you know, help to help to edu- c- continue to educate
8: them.
9: Yeah, I would just say thanks for coming on. You know, I've, I've been enjoying the talk and and this is something that, you know, we've talked about a little bit i mean i've done this for a while uh one of my methods i consider it a method of orange pilling, is you know i do website design and you know clients can pay me in fiat you know they can pay me in paypal or whatever but you know i always offer my clients 20 percent discount if they pay me in bitcoin and you know at first people will say i've had them asking in spaces like why would you give them a 20 percent discount for bitcoin but it's you know it's i, I don't care about you know if i lost 20%. If it, I mean, there's there's a bunch of things you can talk about, you know, building a good relationship with your client, obviously, getting them, having them get a good deal, obviously, but of course, we know Bitcoin, we f- at least feel Bitcoin's still appreciating. So for me, it's fine, you know, I take the 20% discount. I don't have to buy it. They just do it. But the best part about it is that the client is having to go, you know, if they're incentivized to go get that 20% discount, they will. And I'm, you know, I'm asking them to go buy it. <laughs> I'm asking them to send it to me, and just in that one act, you know, you can see there's this like kind of light switch, you know, because sending Bitcoin is really where it starts to click. I mean, you can buy Bitcoin, but it's not until you really move it where, for me at least, it was like, wow, like this is super powerful. And so, yeah, you know, you start building this little stack, and it's it's pretty funny because, you know, I told a story before where uh, I did a website for a company. It was like fifteen hundred dollar website, but it was back whenever Bitcoin was around 3500 And, you know, obviously that website, you know, the company never spent that money. It just went right into the account, you know. And obviously that website, the, the work is, you know, that suddenly became like one of my most valuable websites. So there's, a, you know, uh, there's a real opportunity, I think, for, you know, companies switching over to accepting Bitcoin and, you know, the topic that you're talking about. I am kind of curious about how it's going to work with tax because I haven't, you know, I'm not hundred percent around all of that myself. So, you know, whenever you're going to cash out, like I'm not going to cash out the Bitcoin, but for example, if I'm going to spend it, you know, at some point for the company. Um, I haven't had to so far. So I've been fortunate in that regard, but at some point I will probably have to. And then, you know, are they going to tax me on the gain? I mean, there's like a whole bunch of questions I have around that, that, you know, maybe might be out of scope for this talk, but something that I've been thinking about, just listening to you guys talk and how it relates. I don't know if you have any feedback on that on a short, short note.
10: Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I don't want to get into giving tax advice. I would say, talk, you know, talk to your accountant um, and uh, um, yeah, talk to an accountant, financial advisor on all of those uh, those types of issues.
9: Yeah, for sure. I just don't really know. I mean, if you had any kind of like, I mean, not finding, I mean, I I hear you. I I don't want to put you in a, in a tax advice situation. So, but yeah, I mean, that that's kind of one thing that I'm looking at just how we're going to handle that. But I mean, I, I really enjoy the idea of, of, you know, taking Bitcoin for your company. It's a, it's a good thing to do. And it, and like you said, I mean, you have your employees that they you know, I mean, there's like a lot of things that, that people need to start looking at if you're a business owner. So thank you very
7: hey, much for your call. Hey, hey, Ant, reach out to uh, General Boomer down in the audience. He's an accountant. He's starting to do more with uh, Bitcoin and stuff. He did my personal tax return, but I think he could help maybe. Awesome. Thanks, man.
9: Yeah, that's really cool.
10: Awesome. Thanks, Ant. And I just want to say, um, yeah, you know, I, my, my my goal is to try to get it get the word out to small businesses, because, you know, I think uh, most of us in here, right, we, we believe that Bitcoin is, is going to a much, much higher price. Um, and when these institutions come in and they start putting in, you know, trillions of dollars, a, a lot of money, right, then it's, um, you know, it's not too late, but you're not going to be able to get the returns, um, that you will, if you, if you put in now. So I try to, um, you know, frame it that way to small businesses too. Like, Hey, listen, you're going to be able to get a lot, a lot more Bitcoin right now, uh, than you will when all of these, you know, these other large institutions come in. So beat the publicly traded companies, beat the larger hedge funds and banks and everything like that. And, and you can, you have the opportunity to literally front run Apple and Amazon as a, you know, as a plumbing contractor or as a florist or a dentist or whatever business that you own. Right. Um, And you don't get that opportunity uh, often. Right. This is a very rare uh, opportunity to be able to front run these big institutions. So trying to get the word out to small business owners uh, so that they can help themselves in this situation.
0: Kevin, uh, what are your, your latest, like, I know all of us are constantly learning when it comes to Bitcoin, but what are your latest, uh, learnings? Like what is the most interesting thing happening in Bitcoin to you? Um, anything you're learning about books you like, or what are you finding fascinating right now? Um,
10: so I'm actually kind of going back, um, in time, my, uh, my cousin had given me, um, the block size war, uh, the, that book. And so, uh, so I'm just starting that book. Um, and then, uh, the other one is rocking Bitcoin. So, um, you know, I understand from like an, an economic standpoint, right. and this business standpoint. So, um, I'm trying to get a little more into the technical side, um, just to have a, you know, a better understanding on that front. So, um, those are, those are the two next on my reading list.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people,
10: oh, I'm sorry. I'm
13: sorry. I was just saying, I think a lot of people are, uh, interested in the block size worst book right now with what's going on with, uh, CTV and kind of the situation that we're going on with right now. But I know a lot of people at my meetup, we're all talking about like, man, we got to read that book if we haven't. So I'm uh, that's awesome.
0: Kevin, what are your top hacks like uh, advice to business owners who are trying to figure out what Bitcoin is?
10: First place to go. Um, So I I would go to YouTube and I would type in Michael Saylor. Um, I'm I'm trying to put it as best I can, but I don't think anyone articulates it as well as he does in regards to Bitcoin for businesses. Um, You know, I, I could listen to him like my, you know, my favorite album or something like that. But he just, he puts it in such a, uh, um, you know, such, such a great way where it's just, you know, him, him talking is like, it's like poetry, but it puts it in a, a very simple way to understand why it is good for your business. So I will go on YouTube, um, type in Michael Taylor, Bitcoin, and, uh, and go ahead and and listen, uh, listen there. I think there's, you know, he's able to explain it uh, the best that I've seen so far. Yeah, for sure. I actually
0: 100 percent agree with that. Um, I can say from my own personal anecdotal experience talking to business owners over the last probably 30, 60, 90 days, the majority of them, when I asked them how'd you figure out Bitcoin or what's got you interested in Bitcoin, they said that they listened to something. With Michael Saylor and just the way he thinks as a business owner, it just clicks. It makes sense. So I tell people the exact same thing. If they're a business owner, if they're someone who's looking at this from a managing cash flow on your balance sheet perspective, first place I send people, very high signal. All right, Shane, go ahead. And then we're going to go with Mark after.
7: Yeah. Um, also curious. At a personal level, many of us here on stage are definitely very pro uh, self custody. I'm, I'm curious where you where you land on self custody for businesses.
10: Yes, I do recommend self custody. Um, like I said, we purchased through Swan, um, and then uh, we use the YetiCold.com, which is a uh, it's free. And it's just basically a setup guide to using Bitcoin Core. So we use Bitcoin Core, run our own node, um, and uh, have a multi-sig setup. And that's what I would recommend. Um, setting up a multi-sig setup, yeah, customing it yourself. All right,
0: Mark, go ahead. And then um, we're going to start getting towards the end of the show here. we got about seven minutes left. So if you're on stage, start thinking about final comments, final questions. Um, we'll give Kevin an opportunity to make the final, final comments, and then we'll wrap the show. Go ahead, Mark. How you doing? Good morning.
16: Uh, good morning, Alex. Good morning, everybody. I uh, just wanted to give a, a thank you and a shout out to this uh, personal story. Um, I'm, I'm very personally inspired by this. I, I like um, seeing people who have the passion, um, you know, start starting small. And especially, you know, it's the tough times right now with market price. It's, it's easy for people to jump in when, uh, it's all over the news and all time highs are being hit and people just jump on the bandwagon and, and then they always gravitate towards the, you know, the Michael Saylors and the people who are throwing billions of dollars around. But, you know, as a small business owner myself, um, you know, you have a much smaller uh, capital to, to allocate um, and the market being where it is and you're going to get more resistance when you're trying to, you um, network and incorporate different people in different businesses. Um, I'm, I'm personally inspired to see uh, or to hear your story about how you're just, you know, starting very small and you're, you're, you're sharing your, your experience in dealing with that resistance because um, that's, I think where a lot of people are. And uh, you know, when you zoom out and you have that long time preference, you know, it's going to pay off and you're going to reap the rewards, but it's because you, you did the hard work right now. Um, so thank you.
10: Thanks for that, Mark. And, um, yeah, I mean, as, as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, right. You, uh, you've probably faced rejection, you know, a million times if you're trying to sell something or whatever the case is. So (laughs) this is, this is really nothing. Um, this is really nothing to us, right? Like that, that happens. And you just keep plugging away. You just keep going. And so, uh, so that's what we're doing here. is we're going to keep trying to educate people. And if they say, ah, no, it's not for me. Um, I believe they're, they're saying, no, it's not for me yet. And, and they will come back and, uh, and want your advice on it. So, um, so yeah, nothing new to us. All right, let's go
0: with any uh, final comments and then we'll wrap. So anybody up here, anything they want to close with in regards to the current price Um, in regards to (laughs) the blood in the streets, so to speak right now that, uh, I think a lot of people are freaked out about personally, I'm just using it as an opportunity to stack. Um, I guess it just depends on who you are, Lisa.
2: Yeah, I really loved what, um, what was just said about, you know, just letting people come back to you. I, I think what Michael Saylor does best of all is that he's very humble. He's not critical. He's kind to everyone who asks him questions, even when he's answered the question a million times. And I just I think that each of us that, that truly are part of this Bitcoin community and that have spent the time, we are the tangible connection to Bitcoin for all of the others that are in our, in our circles, our families, our friends that have not yet spent the time. Maybe they just haven't had the time because people have a lot on their plates these days. But but just, I, I love the example that Michael Saylor sets, just to be humble, be the tangible connection to something that's, you know, for many, they can't wrap their brains around. Um, and so it's another reason that I love uh, Cafe Bitcoin, it's because it's it's full of humble, kind people just willing to share.
0: That is very sweet, Lisa. I appreciate you coming up and saying that.
9: Thank you. Hey, Lisa, thanks for sending me the link to the Houston meetup. So I'm going to bring my wife to that. See you soon. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming. So uh, I just wanted to take a quick minute to remind everybody that, uh, you know, you can do this math for like S&P 500. But just using the New York Stock Exchange, if all of those companies, if you had 21 million Bitcoins to spread out between just those companies alone, it's like 7500 Bitcoin per company. So it's like, there's not a lot. And, uh, you know, I hear about companies, you know, making Bitcoin a part of their war chest. I mean, you got to start now. If you're a business owner, I mean, take it from one business owner to another. And I'm small potatoes. I'm below the S&P 500. I'm just telling you, got to get it in the war chest. Got to get it stacked now before it's too late. Do it now.
0: (laughs) This has been a great conversation today. I think uh, it's been very valuable for some people who own businesses hear these kinds of perspectives. Uh, and Kevin, I appreciate you hanging out with us, man, sharing your story. It's
10: really great. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Um, yeah, this has been a pleasure for me and, uh, you know, anybody who has any questions, whether you are a small business owner or, you know, a small business owner, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. um, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy to help. I'm just trying to get the message out there to, uh, to try to help all these small businesses. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, you bet. Uh, any
0: final uh, comments that you want to make? Any websites that you want to plug? Anything that you want to uh, say before we
10: wrap here? No, I just, um, like I said, I hope, I hope uh, we get this podcast up. And if you know a small business owner, uh, please send this to them and and uh, try try to get the word out to these small businesses. Um, and uh, once again, yeah thank you for having me on and if you go on yeah YouTube, you can see a couple other podcasts that I have, but try try to that's my goal is to try to get the word out to other small business owners to use Bitcoin to help them in their businesses because I know they've you know built their business with their bare hands as I have and uh, it's a shame to see it. Uh, getting eroded away uh, by all of this money printing where their business is now less valuable. Um, so um, put the word out, help them. And uh, I'm I'm happy to help. So you can link them up with me at any time. But uh, thank you again. Appreciate it. It's been awesome. You bet.
0: Thanks for hanging out. You have been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for two hours. Talk about all things Bitcoin. It's a great place to come and learn. If you want to know about Bitcoin. Great place to get your morning news. Podcast up on Spotify and Apple. Be that you get your podcasts. You can throw myself or Swan Bitcoin to follow to be notified of when those drop. Thanks to Swan Bitcoin, Bitcoin Magazine, sponsors of the show. Appreciate you guys. My crew, Aunt Shane, Sats for Life, producer Jacob Pope, Appreciate you guys, too. To all the speakers that drop in here on a regular basis, Kevin, thanks for coming by today. And all of you out there, if you're listening to this, really appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Appreciate what you guys do, taking your time to teach people about Bitcoin, bringing this message of hope to more and more people all the time. And that is what we call getting on the mission. I'm your host, Alex Stanzik. I work with Swan Bitcoin. You're welcome to shoot me a DM if you want to know more about that. And then finally, everybody out there, get on the mission. If you don't know what it is, hang out here. You'll figure it out. I love all of you guys. Everybody go out there and have a great day today. Crush it.